Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. And welcome to Tuesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. I am at Giants WFAN. He is at Howard Cross 87. As yep. always, this program is presented by Cadillac, the official luxury vehicle of the New York football Giants. Thank you so much for being with us. We'll be here for the next hour to talk Giants football. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. If you're watching us on video, you see the number at the bottom of your screen. If you're not watching us on video and just <laughs> listening to us, at least you now know where you can call us You up. can call us up. There you go. Uh, there's also hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter if you prefer. Um Interesting that this show, of course, as always, will be available later on today, an archive of it on our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app. Podcast platform is everywhere and at Giants.com slash podcast. Uh, you may want to decide to listen to the program later on. Maybe not. I don't know. This is the first day of NFL free agency tagging. And so news can change literally by the hour. It will. Uh, that's <laughs> just the nature of how this league works, Howard. And obviously, uh, for most Giants fans... They're going to want to know about what's going to happen to Saquon Barkley. The only thing I will say to you is this. To understand the rules of the tagging, you could start tagging today, and that open period for the tag ends 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern time on March 5th. So whatever happens today, you have a week to flop a tag on somebody. So wow. don't, don't jump to any conclusions no matter what happens or does not happen today. So let me ask you something. So if, if a person gets tagged, let's say today, he's they have to he has to stay tagged the entire year. No, no, no. You could you can uh, you could do a deal. The oh. tag can be just used as a holding spot. Okay. To extend negotiations. Okay. The the week long period we're talking about though is the duration under which you can tag somebody. Okay. So if you don't do it. By March fifth at four o'clock p.m. Eastern time, okay. you can no longer tag it, tag the player. So it's one week. You have you have you have a week. Wow. Right. Well, <laughs> a little more than a, a little week. more than a week. Yeah. Well, today's the today's yeah. the twentieth of February. You have two so you two weeks. It's basically. about two weeks. You have two weeks. Okay. It's about two weeks. I knew what the dates were. I just didn't know exactly where. So we were. So it's gonna be two weeks for them to make some decisions on some some big players all around the league and on our team. It will be one two six. Well, now the interesting thing about Barkley. 
is that, as you know, uh, Joe Shane, the general manager, has mm -hmm. already made it very clear mm -hmm. uh, that they've told Barclays people they will talk to them at the Combine. The Combine starts next week, the 27th of February. Yep. That I can tell you. Um, and uh, whether or not they get there on the 26th or 27th, that's the bottom line. There'll be conversations between Joe and Barclays people then. That would still allow them several days and uh, almost a week. It allows them basically a week. Yeah. No, not even what, a week. Six days? Six days. Six days. <laughs> yeah, six days. Six days to have conversation before the Giants need to make a tag decision. I'm pretty sure they're probably talking to him now. <laughs> Maybe. If, if they're going to figure it out, they're probably trying to reach out now. But it'll be interesting to see. That's a lot of money for a tag for a running back. Now, just remember one thing. There are two types of, of franchise tags. There's the exclusive and the non-exclusive. The exclusive means he can't talk to any other team while he's tagged. Okay. The non-exclusive does allow him to go out and have conversations and and potentially agree to a deal with another team. Mm -hmm. But then there's the right of first refusal. For the is it is it different them. money that the team pays for an ex exclusive versus a non-exclusive? Oh no, it, it's still going to be a hundred and twenty percent of the team of the player's previous year's salary, hmm. or or you know the average of the top yeah. five five yeah, of top, the, top five for the last position. five years yeah. or whatever it was of the okay. cap. I mean, you know the the but the, the exclusive the exclusive, uh, you know, holds him in. Okay, and, and he can't talk to anybody else. The non-exclusive means he can at least talk to somebody else. But you still have that, that control over him in that you have the right of first refusal. You can match a deal. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a lot. I, I'll just put it like this. If, if you're a player, if you're in Saquon's position or any other player in, in the league and you're trying to figure out what your next moves are, how much longer you're going to be able to play, and you're trying to get a little guaranteed money moving forward, the franchise tag kind of works against you it just it just does it, it's one of those things that where players are you know damn if you do damn if you don't kind of moment you want to get paid the the franchise tag is for that year you can get paid for that year but then that's it then the following year you got to figure out what's going to happen and you got one more year of wear and tear on your body mm -hmm. it's just it's a tough thing for players I, I i've always like wondered about it i know it helps teams out helps them with the negotiation but the players themselves it's it's a tough deal. It's, it's going to be some guys out there that's going to be on the street this year because they can't afford to. Somebody can't afford to tag him. Like uh, a great example, Mike Evans. I think his tag number, if if Tampa had to tag him, would be like something like twenty eight million dollars. The uh, Jones from um, Kansas City, the 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 big D tackle, like thirty five, right? Thirty three or something like yeah. that. But that's ridiculous. The, the, those are big numbers if you tag these guys. So. It, I know what the intent was when they put it in place. It's, it's going to be interesting these, these next few weeks to see what happens. All right, 201-939-4513 is our phone number. Phone lines are lighting up like a Christmas tree, Howard. Mm, I think you're, you're attracting these fans. I, somebody must be wanting to get at me. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, did, what did you do? I, what did you do? What did I, you say? I didn't say anything. <laughs> I've had people uh, yelling at me, but I'm like, hey, man, you can't yell at me. I don't want to hear it. Let's quickly get these promos out of the way so we can get to these calls because these people are really chopping at the bit to get a hold of us. Oh, Lord. Uh, Giants Huddle Podcast uh, is always up on all the Giants podcast platforms. You'll hear from coaches, players, former players, experts. Yeah. Uh, go to Giants.com slash podcasts. And, of course, if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. 
helps make sure that uh, the program continues to thrive. Giant seasoned uh, memberships. Don't forget, uh, they're now available for the 2024 season. To learn more all about the exclusive member benefits, visit Giants.com slash tickets. Limited inventory is available. And then there's the uh, Giants official connected TV streaming app, Giants TV. Mm. Uh, it brings original, original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to big blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV, as well as the Giants mobile app. We have now gotten the promos out of the way, which means you are up next uh-uh. here on Big Blue Kickoff Live at 201-939-4513. We will go to Jason in New Haven. You're on line two and the first caller on today's program. Hello. Hey, how you guys doing? Very good. Good, good. Thanks for taking my call. So just a um, few things I wanted to talk about. Um, kind of wanted to tie into the the, the tag deadline and uh, more importantly, uh, Barkley. Um, um, I think it's safe to say, you know, we all love Barkley, you know, what he's meant to the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just my opinion. Um, I don't think um, I personally wouldn't resign him. Uh, he is getting a little older. Um, and while he is a physical specimen, he's meant a lot to the team. He's a team leader. Um, he has had a history of injuries since he got to us outside of his rookie year. Um, and I just don't think we're in a spot right now to resign him. I mean, I guess it depends on what the contract would be. Um, and I only say because time back, and I don't want to be revisionist history. What happened happened. Um, I didn't particularly like the pick of of taking him number two overall, um, and now we're in a in a situation now we have to kind of figure out all right, what's his market value? Does Shane even want to re-sign him uh, going forward? Outside of the leadership qualities, which we know he's a great leader, team leader, all that, which is great, um, but you're paying him for what you think he will be going forward. Um, and I, I just don't know. I, I just don't know if we're at a point now. Um, if we didn't want to resign him last year, I don't see how we resign him this year. And he's a year older with more mileage on on his body. I don't know if you guys want to combat me on that, or if you want me to get to my next point. Uh, you know, I, I, you're right. He's he's had a lot of injuries. That that's one of the things. Running backs get banged up a lot. He's you know around the lower extremities, also the ankle, the the the, the knee, things like that. Uh, he's been bouncing back pretty well. His, his body's been held up pretty good last year. Uh, another year of wear and tear. The question is going to be, you know, what 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 kind of deal they're going to get? Like you you you're going to give a running back, even if he goes out in the market, it's going to be a two year deal at best. I don't know if they sign backs after your fifth year for longer than that. So the thing that, yeah. that probably scares everybody is like, hey, look, you you don't sign Barkley, you let Barkley go out in the market, and all of a sudden he's he's wearing a star on his helmet. You don't want to see him two times right. a year, so that's that's kind of like the, that's kind of the, the thing that that you know fans and and you know people are, that would be talking about like oh why he comes in and, and runs a, rips off a sixty yard touchdown everybody <laughs> be like man we should have signed that dude but you you can't you can't know what somebody's health is going to be like so you know for right. if, uh, he is a great leader he's a great competitor uh, he's one of the guys that everybody rallies around uh, but what you're you know what are you going to get when you pay him. That's going to be up to him, and you know, you right. know, and luck of the draw when it comes down to, to a physical health and stuff for a season. Right, and and I think I think I think we're at a point now where I think we could. I think we're at a point now with our team where we can afford to downgrade at the running back position. 
Um, if it helps upgrading the offensive and defensive lines, and I remember I called last week. I don't know if I talked to Paul or John or whoever, but <laughs> um, I forgot. But to me, I've always said building a running game is dependent on scheme and the line mm-hmm. and a stable of, I won't say cheap running backs, but less expensive running backs to me is the more smarter and prudent move in today's NFL. Maybe in the 90s, 80s, early 2000s, you could have those bell cows that could get 200, 250 carries. I, I just don't see us doing that. If you could tell me, all right, the money's going to be spent towards Saquon or let's just say two very good, who are, I, I can't name anybody right now, but two very good offensive linemen, whether that be a guard, a tackle, or two guards, or whoever. I'm taking the linemen, and I'll, I can find a running back in the draft, or I can find a cheaper veteran to supplement that running back by committee. Mm-hmm. Um, and my other point uh, I caught last week, I'm a big, I've said I'm a big believer in Shane and Dable. I think a lot of this chatter with uh, what's going on in the off season um, with coaches leaving and whatever the case may be, I think is, you know, I, I just think it was a bunch of noise personally. I'm not in the building, but that's just my opinion. Um, the one thing I will, if I could critique them a little bit, um, is about the competition. And last year, uh, Paul and Howard, I was kind of confused on some of the roster construction for the offensive line. And maybe you guys could tell me because you're in the building. What I'm saying that is because, first of all, the team wasn't prepared for Thomas to fall in that first game. I, I mean, there's nothing that they could have done. But, but. I think you have to prepare for those things. And when I say I'm not saying that they didn't, but frankly, the rest of the line in the game one versus Dallas played poorly. And in my opinion, Shane, to me, was slow to respond. And the coaches showed an unwillingness to play here. Um, Has Peart been an all-pro tackle? No. But I don't understand why they didn't play Peart, but then you move a guard and a Zudu to tackle. Peart 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 was also hurt. hurt. He was hurt. He was hurt. Oh, he's, okay. All right. That's, well, that's why he that wasn't next yeah. up. He so, was injured. So what okay. happens was that like Thomas goes down. I think Neil get, catches an ankle or a knee, so he's going to fight through it and fight for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. You lose one guard, uh, your center goes down. Now you move your guard over to center, and then all of a sudden uh, you get uh, my yeah, man guard co- playing left tackle. <laughs> you got a guard, a guard off the right. couch playing left tackle. It was like a Rubik's cube. <laughs> like, so it, it wasn't that they were slow to react. It just right. they couldn't react fast enough to keep you know keep pulling by. Right. From places, they right. were they were going to other teams, uh, going through their practice squad groups, pulling guys out. Hey, you like you could play? Come over to the Giants. We need you this week. Just like, remember, uh, yeah. they had to grab Pew off the couch. Yeah, Just they, remember they, that they were right. pulling guys from everywhere. No, that's true. Yeah, so it's not right. you know when you got guys going down. You just got to roll with it. <laughs> you just they're, they're really but, the truth is there are not enough quality offensive linemen throughout the NFL. I mean, it's tough enough to field five starters for 32 teams. Yep. Never mind have enough quality backups for these teams. See, that's why I laugh when people talk about expanding the NFL. You don't have enough good quarterbacks, and you don't have enough good offensive linemen. You definitely don't have enough linemen. You know, to add to add teams. You just don't. Right. Right. And, and, and you guys are absolutely right. Um, but my thing was you had Tyree Phillips in the building, he, you, for whatever reason, which is their prerogative, they're in practice with him every day in the meetings. Mm-hmm. You let him go. He goes to Philly. We fuck him back from the practice squad, and he ends up playing, I won't say great, but, 
he was respectable. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he gave us some good quality snaps. So that's kind of my confusion with some of the 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 decisions that were made. Like you let well, you let Tyree Phillips go, but then you put a guard yeah. at left tackle. It, it just it, 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 but they were, they, and, were, they were just pulling from pulling straws at that point. And, and you got to also remember at that time Saquon was out. So right, like so right, you right. so you had a lot more pressure being being emphasized on on the quarterback himself. You know, he was it was almost like you're going if you thought you were a Satan duck before, now look what's going to happen with all these guys out. Yeah. So even when you let guys go and, and bring guys back and you're doing things, you you think you're doing what's best for the team at the moment, but injuries can make make a whole lot look different for you real quickly. Right. And three three guys and I'll take it up there cuz I got you another callers. McKinney I would like him back. Um, doesn't seem now. I'm not his agent. I'm not in those meetings. But doesn't seem like he's going to take a discount, hometown discount. And neither should, and no. nor should he. You know, <laughs> I, I believe every player should get what they feel they deserve and what a team is going to pay them. So mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. But uh, there are some other good safety. I won't go through the list, but there's some really intriguing. If we're not able to come to an agreement with McKinney for whatever the reason. There's some really – I won't go through the list because it'll be too long, but yeah. there's some really interesting safety options. And two other free agent players I would like to look at outside of the Giants. One name, and I love my pass rushers. I always mention it. We need to beef up our pass rush and our D-line. Uh, he, he's, he's our next-door neighbor who we don't like. He's a Jet, Bryce Huff. If I'm not mistaken, he's top five in pass rush win rate. Now, he's been a part-time player. But he's still young. I believe he's 25, and he had 10 sacks last year. And then my second player, and I'll take it off the air, is Trent Brown. Um, I know we have Neil. I get it. Um, but like I called a few weeks ago, I think Paul, or I forgot who I was speaking to, I believe we need some we need some competition for Neil. And I get his circumstances have been injuries, whatever the case may be. But for right now, he just hasn't been playing well. And I get the injury thing, Howard. I'm not taking the injury out of the equation. Oh, oh no. I'm but not I, saying anything. He knows, but, he knows he needs to play better. But I think going into 2024, we need some competition. And uh, thank you guys for taking my call. All right. Thank you so much. It'll be interesting to see uh, what Carmen Brasillo, the new offensive line coach, mm-hmm. thinks about these offensive linemen as he now gets into the building. And he gives – the Giants front office, some of his evaluations off of the tape because he's got to have some ideas as to what he thinks he can do with these folks. I mean, that input's going to be very valuable, Howard. I think it is. I think, you know, what, what's been kind of weird for the last few years is how they're not able to, quote-unquote, figure out the twist and be able to pick guys up in rotations around. That's regard, amazing. You know, just I know. different coaching staffs and everybody's coming through these guys and different players just not really being able to pick it up and it seems to work so well when, when I'm watching it. Uh, it's going to be interesting if he can figure out a way. And again, the main reason you can't do it because if you hadn't been doing it the whole time and you're going to make somebody do it without full pad practice and moving, it's hard to do. Yeah. You can walk through it a thousand times. You can you can do all the, the, the really nice pajama drills. It just takes time to learn and, and learn your guys. And when you're rotating guys in and out from injury and everything else, it becomes even harder to do. So it's going to be interesting to see how he's able to, quote-unquote, first teach these guys how to how to do this part of the thing. Hey, look, we're going to pick it up like this. We're going to work it together. Can we do it? And everybody's got to be able to do it. And no matter who's standing beside you, you got to be able to do it and know what you're looking for. You know what, Howard? I'm glad we had that call and that comment because what I'm going to do is go back to the Raiders uh, tape mm-hmm. from this past season 
and look at the sacks that they gave up and see how many times they were on stunts and twists. Because it was clearly a very, very hot, sore spot for the Giants Mm -hmm. all season long. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how often did the Raiders' offensive line have trouble with those things. First of all, how many times were they run? Did they get a lot of it? And then how did they pick it up? Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's not just the, the Raider game. I mean, I think it started in the Dallas game. They were doing it, a lot of it, and it just it just flourished from there. And once you get, you know, as we say, they don't really do tape anymore. But once you put something on tape, people are like, okay, so if that's if that's the recipe, I'll I'll, I'll cook that same dish. So Happy Cartley. Yeah. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. We have some open lines. We go to Phil in North Carolina. You're next on BBKL. Hello. Hey guys. Hey, thanks for the show. It's always very good. Um, and uh, Howard, thanks for everything you did for the Giants. Um, two questions. One is regarding the, the cap. And the question I have is that the cap gives you the, say, the over the cap gives you the available cap uh, availability or how much they have. But does it factor, it doesn't factor in the number of players that are free agency and how many people you have signed already on the club, right? For example, say if you have, we have a lot of free agents, yep. uh, internal free agents. Mm-hmm. Say we have 20 internal free agents. It doesn't factor in that. We need money to pay, replace those bodies, those 20 bodies. Is that correct? Well, the way the cap works is, let's say it's a $100 bill is, is the cap, and you get you have 52 guys that you're going to basically pay for that. Uh, when the season's over, some of those guys become free agents, and they're going to want more money. The more money they want may take you outside the cap. So the cap doesn't really change depending on the bodies themselves. It's, it's a, the NFL has what they call a hard cap. So, no, it doesn't, it doesn't take into the factor – if a guy like McKinney or Saquon or whoever isn't isn't signed, that's you know that's just money the cap hasn't spent yet. So if you say you have uh, thirty million dollars or forty million dollars or ten million dollars or whatever the number is, you have to sign your players within the within that cap hit to try to get them in. Plus, sign all your quote unquote draft players and players you pick up in free agency. I think caller, what you're asking is, um, is the money committed? under the cap based on what over the cap is saying. And yes, when they give you the list on over the cap, for those of you who don't know, overthecap.com is a is a salary cap specialty website uh-huh. that has unofficial breakdowns of all the cap information in the NFL. Yep. They they give you the money that is committed. So for example, right now for the New York Giants page, this is again unofficial. This is not league stuff. Mm-hmm. This is through this independent organization. They have the Giants listed with 51 active players and committed for their top 51 players over $207 million, suggesting that the team cap space as we speak is about 19 and a half. Okay. Now, that is A, those are unofficial numbers, and B, that can be fluid because you can redo deals with guys, yeah. change cap numbers, and then every time you sign a new guy or re-sign a guy, that also impacts the number. Yep. So don't don't get too bent out of shape when you look at a site like that and see something and go like, oh my God, what are they going to do? They have they have a lot of fluidity within those numbers that you're seeing on the web. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not so worried about the exact number. I'm worried about whether it's normalized by the number of players that are there. For, for example, you gave the example, 
say if we really only because we have like twenty people are hitting free agency. We only do we have fifty one people signed. Yes, I don't think yes. we do. Yes. Well, now it, right, it, but not in, when March hits, we don't have fifty one people. As, as of as of now, over the cap is suggesting the Giants have fifty one active, fifty one total active players who are committed to contracts as it stands right now. Mm-hmm. And then, then of course, there's another whole list of guys who are. Free. You know what? You want me to? Count, I'll count it up for you exactly. You really <laughs> want to know? I'll count it up. One, two, three, four, five. Talk to the man. When I, I count. I'm just—he's counting. I'm like, I'm, what's he counting? I'm looking over here. He's got a piece of paper out. Basically, what I like I said, <laughs> the, the cap. Like, if you have 53 man rosters, basically, and then you have the guys that what, what they call uh, practice squad guys. 31. So we have 30, 31 guys who are either unrestricted uh, um, or restricted free agents or exclusive rights free agents. 31 guys. So out of fifty, right. so out of fifty-three and, guys, and they, and they have fifty-one guys who do have a current contract committed for so the season. That's impossible. Okay, you know that. No, right? it's not because so during now the you got eighty-three players. Yeah, during the off-season, you have all the injured guys okay. come back. Yeah. all the yeah. guys who are on injured reserve come back. Okay. the practice squad guys you sign the future reserve deals. That's true. So you have fifty-one guys right now who have a contract. Thirty-one guys don't. Is that the number right. you were looking so, for? Yeah, because that when I'm really interested when you compare that over the cap number by team, it's really a little bit not very specific because one team can have a large turnover and the other team can have a small turnover, and therefore it's not an apples to apples number. It's never that way. It's yeah. never that way yeah. because because yeah. your free agent list may have a bunch of starters on it and mm-hmm. high-profile players on it who are going to require big money if you're going to exactly. squeeze them back onto your team. And conversely, if you're active guys under contract or you're guys who you're committed to, if you've got a bunch of guys there who are futures and practice squad guys, mm-hmm. well, then that's going to lower that number. It's going to make it very deceiving. I, I understand that. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. you're seeing it yeah. right. Okay, okay. That's cuz that's a big thing. So anyway, um all right, so that was my my one point. The other point is this uh with draft coming up. I'm a big draft person. Okay. This concept and I understand why why you guys say this, but you you talk about the word uh conviction. When you have conviction for a player, you get them. I still am slightly uneasy when you when that's used that word conviction cuz there's still, even though you may have conviction, the probability of you landing on the right person is still, it's still not 100%, right? We, we say, or we always say, what's the odds in the first round or maybe X? In the second round, it might be slightly lower. In the third round, it might be slightly lower. But we still can't have 100% certainty, even though you have conviction. Well, So I, I'm... Right. Well, that's the view. The view of it is this: you're, you're drafting player off his tape, off his combine, off of all the stuff he did in the past. That's that's what he that's what he promotes. That's how he's promoted himself, basically. When he shows up at your team, if that's not the same guy, or if he doesn't do the same thing, or if he gets hurt, uh, your conviction can be whatever it is. It depends on the person. Like the players show up, a lot of players come into the league. They want to be the best player ever at their position. 
They want they work the hardest. They listen. They're they're in early. They're out late. They're getting it done. Some players come in and you know you you thought that they wanted to be that guy, but they get you know the money changes them a little bit. They they making a little money. They get a little little complacent, and they, and all of a sudden they're looking at the at the game from the outside. So it, it's hard to say what a guy's going to become. You do a lot of research. You ask a lot of questions. You give him a lot of IQ tests and and personality <laughs> tests, and, and you and you talk to everybody. You talk to his his team, his coaches, his friends, his family. You, you just do all that you can to try to quote unquote you know figure this out for when you get a guy in. You just don't know what it's going to be. I agree. I agree. But so I just wanted to like temper this concept of conviction because of that. There still is uncertainty. Phil, Phil, I've got some numbers for you. We're going to let you go. And then I want you to hold on and listen to the program because I got something that's really going to go right up your alley. Uh Uh-oh. Thank you so much for the call. 201-939-4513. The point that we talk about often here, Howard, Mm -hmm. when when you're not on the program, but it still stands. If a team in that draft room Mm -hmm. is all in and they have conviction that this is the guy we all agree, this is the guy we need to take. Well, then you got to take him. You do all the research. You go through all the tape. You look at the games. You do all the background research. You do all the medicals. If you really believe that that's the guy we have to take, then you've got to take him because you can only, you can only base your decision on the amount of information that you have called. Mm. Now, having said that, To the caller's point, it is not an exact science. I'm going to give you some numbers here, Howard, because I did the research. You're not going to find this anywhere else because it's my personal Uh research. uh Uh-oh. Into the poly closet. NFL, (laughs) this is what I do. (laughs) NFL draft. Since 2000, I went from 2000 to 2020 because anyone who was drafted in 2021 in the first round still has... That fourth year option. Yeah. So their their first year their first contracts are not over yet. So I did not want to include them in this list. Okay. From 2000 to 2020, there were 210 players taken each of the first 100 slots in the draft. Okay. Picks one through ten overall, there have been 117 Pro Bowl players. Okay. Out of 210, that is only 55%. Okay. So if you're picking between 1 and 10 overall in the draft, history shows us over the last 20-plus years, that guy's got a 55% chance of making at least one Pro Bowl during his career. Okay. That's it. Only All right. 55%, All which right. shows you how it's not an exact science. Overall picks between 11 and 20, 93 of 210 have made the Pro Bowl. That's 44%. Okay. Picks 21 to 30, and I broke it down by by sections of 10. Okay. Picks 21 to 30, 63 of the 210 players have gone to a Pro Bowl, 33%. Last picks in the first round, basically. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. So, well, we know 32 picks in the yeah. first round, but, but for the purposes of this one, I broke it down by 10. We'll just keep it right there, which means... If you picked, if you're picked in the first round, basically, mm-hmm. give or take a couple percentage points, you've got a 43 percent chance of making the Pro Bowl, <laughs> which is less than half. Okay. So to the caller's point, 
<laughs> you can have as much conviction as you want. History tells you, history tells you, you may not get a superstar. My question is this. When you're drafted, a guy, I know everybody you draft, you, you hope they're going to work out and they're going to be the greatest player ever. But do you draft a player in the first round thinking, I'm drafting a Pro Bowl player? Uh, the fans seem to think so. Oh, okay. I, you know, unless it's like you're drafting a quarterback or something. I, I've never really looked at a guy and go like, oh, he's a Pro Bowl player. When I look at a lineman, I think he could play for 15 years if he wants to. I never think about the Pro Bowl. I think I think that's the right way to look at it because that's how you build a team. <laughs> I draft if I'm drafting guys, I'm like that guy's going to be around here for a long time. He's going to be a good player for a long time, and that's what I'm hoping for when, you, when you're drafting a team. If I draft a guy, that guy could be a Pro Bowler. He might have a bad ankle, he might have a bad knee, he might have a bad shoulder, he might make two Pro Bowls, but he only be around for five years. That's a bad draft pick. You want you want your guys if you can. To get, to get to their second contracts, maybe even almost a third contract, if you can keep the core of them together, that's what you're hoping for. But it is no exact science because you have no idea. You know, we've had some some great players drafted here in the first round. We had some players that never really made a made a dent in the first round, and you, it, it goes it varies. To your point, Howard, <laughs> I I love when people t- and I brought this up last week on the show. I love when people talk about Eric Dorsey who was a first-round pick by the Giants, mm-hmm. okay, back, and I want you to look at this, 1986, mm-hmm. and look at this. He played seven seasons with the Giants, and for most of those seasons, he was a starter. Yeah. When he wasn't, it was because he was hurt or he was a rotational player when he first came into the league with George uh, Martin. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. Eric Dorsey was on two Super Bowl championship teams and yep. was a very productive player. Yet there are those fans out there who will say he was a first round pick. He was a bust. He did he didn't he didn't, you know, give us what we wanted what we wanted to get. To your point, yeah. Eric Dorsey was a quality football player Very who good contributed player. to a two time Super Bowl champion. Very good player. He didn't make a Pro Bowl. But I think you would you would be very happy to have him again. Yeah, wouldn't you? I would be happy to have a, a guy that could play like that, that strong and can move 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 men, as we say. He he was a great player. He's a great example for what you're talking about. Okay, yeah, but there's a lot. I mean, we've had players that played that played a long time on the team and, and didn't make Pro Bowls that were first round picks. But as long as they're there for a long time, and they, I think my draft year was Brian Williams. He played forever. I don't know if he made a Pro Bowl or not, but he he played. Never forever. did. Made, Never did. And well, the forever. eye, the eye thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, the once, eye once he got thumbed in the eye, it was really a, yeah, hurt derailed him. him. Yeah, you know. But but again, um, just to review. Top 10 picks since the 2000 season, only 117 of the 210 have gone to at least one Pro Bowl. That's 55%. So understand that even though the Giants are picking six, it's almost a flip of a coin as to whether or not they're going to get a Pro Bowl player. And I'm, I'm not and I'm not going to pick on Paul, but also you have to remember that when he says Pro Bowl player, that means that you could get to the Pro Bowl because the guy that was in the Pro Bowl Sure. Didn't want to go. So sure. You, so and you, they, and you, they went and you're, six deep. And you're an, and you're an alternate. <laughs> so that, that that list could be even shorter. It could be. <laughs> yeah. It could be. But the point stands, Howard, is yep. that nothing's automatic. No. That's no, the point. No, no, nothing's given. And I just want, I, I, you know, I don't think enough of people truly understand that. Yeah. All right. You, you, you can draft a kid in the sixth round. He can play 13 seasons. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. 
I'm pointing for those of you or, who can't or, see the screen. Or, Je- or Jesse Armstead was what an eighth round pick. Yes, he was eighth round pick, uh, perennial Pro Bowler. Five. Yeah. Five. So yeah, you you can't really determine that. Um. Okay. Line three, Jeff from Maine. You're next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's up, Jeff? Afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, first of all, it's an honor to talk to you two guys. You're my two favorite on the show, and oh, a thanks. true long-term Giants fan. You're very kind. Uh, just like most of the callers. And uh, uh, you already talked a little about the question I have, which is uh, picking up stunts on the offensive line, which mm-hmm. we were bad at last year. Now, the, our defensive, defensive coordinator last year, Wink Martindale, didn't run many stunts in practice. So presumably, we didn't see that many stunts uh, from the offensive line uh, to go against in practice. And I know that the uh, new defensive quarter, coordinator runs a lot of stunts. So again, presumably, they'll, they'll see more stunts in practice. So I'm wondering if that might help them pick it up more in games, if that could have an effect. It, it can. Uh, it also goes with like the coaching and, and how the coaching kind of goes and the guys, how they learn it. Uh, the thing that, that that's hardest – now, I'm an old guy, so I have to keep saying this over and over. They don't really get to practice like they used to practice anymore. So there's no full contact practices, especially during the season. I think you're allowed seven padded practices for the entire season once the season starts. So you have to try to get – you know these mini camps to get these guys to go through these drills and and, and rep them. Then you got to try to get them together at other times and trying to rep them within the parameters of the you know the, the 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 union. But you try to get as many reps at it as possible. And once you get into camp, if if this if if the defense coordinator is running a lot of twists and a lot of stunts, they will see it a lot. That will help them, but it won't help them if if you're not padded and you're not going through it it's, it's a lot of leverage and being able to you know properly push a guy off at the right time to pick up the next guy of course the other thing to keep in mind too is that the giants had so many combinations yeah. of people along the offensive line it was very very difficult and again it's not an excuse but it's certainly part of the reason why if i've got a different guy next to me every two or three games my chemistry with him and picking up those stunts is going to be more difficult. And if if somebody's getting beat a lot, that that will make no it, question. That will that will immediately make the stunts look much worse. If one guy's getting beat, then you'll try to hang to help him out a little bit more. And, and then what and happens? That push you get beat. You, then you get beat. So it's <laughs> it's all it was all kinds of things going on with these guys last year. No and question. Again, especially guys injured. You know, one guy's injured. Okay, I got to help him out a little bit more. Stunts inside. You're you're lost. Like okay, so what are we going to do? So hopefully there'll be a lot more health. Uh, they'll be healthier throughout the year and we'll see a lot more of the ability to pick up that stuff now i will say this jeff and and howard again feel free to agree or not okay i do think that the sooner the giants figure out who their starting five offensive linemen are going to be the better and i'd like to see that unit get some significant snaps during the preseason i get the fact that there's an injury risk but to me (laughs) if those guys are not working together and not starting to form some kind of bond on the field, to me, it, it's counterproductive. And what's, what good is it if you have guys who are healthy if they don't know what each other are going to do? Yeah. Well, I think that you know, with this day and age, it depends on if the coaches are in on it, if Joe's in on it, if they'll let them go go into preseason games and play. You know, it's it's tougher the, now because people are so worried about injuries. But it's better, in my opinion, if you go out there and you play, if you get injured, then you know that that guy's not going to be around so you can get somebody else in and get it started. Uh, everybody else doesn't look at it that way. I no, mean, an injury, no, an injury, people don't. An injury in preseason is a lot better than an injury in the first game. So, yep. so that's how I look at it. But you kind of have to know. It, it's kind of hard to do. 
course, in preseason, um, the opposing uh, you know defense probably won't run as many of their best stunts. They're probably saving them in their back pocket. For, for the That's season. okay. That's okay because what you're trying yeah. to do when you play your five together is to form that bond and togetherness. But, it, it doesn't matter what they're seeing. It's a matter of them getting to know each other. And and what you're also hoping for is that when you get these, the things they like to do now more than anything else is practice against other teams. You know, they, when they have those practices practices against other teams that's when they see a lot of stunts and a lot of things yeah. Co- coaches will ask the other coach hey run some stunts against us run run this try to what do you want to see and they they try to help each other out they, they get to know each other that way we'll see if the Giants do that again this year they had the Detroit Lions yeah. last year out in Michigan as part of that dual practice thing and we haven't heard if they plan to do it again well, that was very informative. I do have another offensive line question if you have time. Yeah, okay. And uh, I, I read on, I heard <clears throat> that TFF said something about uh, our offensive line last year, I know, was not just the worst in the league, but like the worst they've seen in like 20 years. <laughs> so to, to me, that speaks to that being our number one problem, even more so than the skill positions for offense. Did you really and, need um, somebody to tell you that? <laughs> Were you watching the games? Did you see who was playing the games wow. and the combinations well, no, that they had to use every week? Maybe it wasn't that obvious to you, but yeah. it should have been. No, no, it was definitely obvious, and that's just my point. So in, in the draft, we're going to probably have the chance to pick the best offensive lineman at number six without even having to trade up. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's a no-brainer. And I guess my question is, if we do – get Joe Walt, uh, from what you know of him, would he have both a high ceiling and a high floor, and do you think he could start right away? And I'll take my answer up there. Well, the thing with Joe Alt is this. Joe Alt is a perennial left tackle and was a left tackle his entire career, I believe. Exactly. So if he came in, you would probably be trying to move him either inside to guard or outside to right tackle one of those two positions to try to, quote-unquote, you know, bolster your lines. But I don't know which tackle they're going to pick. I don't know which guy. I've seen several different tackles ranked. Um, the, the guy in Penn State, the guy out of, I think, Oregon somewhere. They've got a bunch of guys that are tackle that can play. The, the thing is that there is so much depth uh, this year at offensive line in the draft. You're going to be able to get a guy in the first round, a guy in the second round, a guy in the third round. They're all going to be really good players. This is like one of those receivers drafts where there's a ton of receivers also that you're going to see. But I don't know who they're going to pick, when they're going to pick them. I don't know, you know, what the circumstances might be. Uh, you know, there there could be trades, there could be anything. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen. But there are going to be some really good offensive linemen. Uh, they're going to be coming out in this draft. By the way, since the 2000 draft, offensive tackle has been the most picked player at number six overall. By the, the Giants? Of the No, of, of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Of the number six overall picks, there have been 24 since 2000. Offensive tackle was taken six times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had originally broken down defensive line as one position. I separated it the other night. Mm-hmm. Defensive tackle was four, which was the second most taken position. Um, and, uh, you know, to be quite frank with you, uh, I, I get it, but the two guys who were supposedly consensus top tens this year are are both tackles again for Shanu and of course Alt is the number one guy on yep. most people's boards. You do have to, like Howard said, you got to figure out. Okay, now if we're going to ask them to play right tackle in, in Alt's case, can he do it? Can he do it? He's going to have to flip. Some people say it's easy. Some people say it's hard. I mean, I mean, in Alt's case, Alt was like a basketball player, a tight end for a long time. He didn't get to be tackled till later on in his career, I believe, right? Right. So that that would give him 
a little more access to be able to flip if, if you had to if you had to mm-hmm. that that's kind of things you have to like look into but he, you'd have to ask him though you'd have to see if he can do it and talk to him about it and I'm sure that when he's when he goes to quote unquote the uh, combine he's sitting around he's talking to guys they're gonna ask him right there could could you play right tackle could you and there's not gonna just be the Giants asking could be a lot of teams are gonna ask him yeah for sure and we know that there are some players mm-hmm. who express a very strong desire. Oh, I'm a left tackle and I'm not moving. We've heard that. <laughs> yeah. We've heard players say that before. Absolutely. And, you know, you, if you're an organization, you want to know that. It, it It's hard because, you know, everything has a price tag on it. That's that's main. That's the main reason. The left tackle is like the most important lineman, protects the quarterback's blind side. Uh, he, he makes the most money uh, from all the other linemen. He is he's a premium position. Uh, it's like I think it's quarterback – Left tackle, pass rusher, and cornerback, and, yes. and receiver. And then everybody else kind of fits in under under those guys. But a left tackle, if you come in, if you're coming out of the draft, and they're talking to you about you know, whole, you know, you know, we we would like to draft you, but you can you play right tackle? The answer should be yes. I can play anywhere you want me to, but as money is concerned, a lot of guys are going to say up front, I I prefer to play left tackle. Yeah. 201-939-4513. We have lines open. We go to line one. Len in Maryland, you're next on the program. Hello. Hey, Len. Hey, hey guys. How you doing? Hi. Very good. Hey, um, looking forward to the next 10 weeks, today through the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is when we get better. I hope so. This is when we get better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. There you go, Howard. There you go. Which a lot, Thank you for saying that because... It allows. I don't think you've heard me say this. I know Paul has heard me say this before. I'm, I'm going to give you a little. I'm going to give you my general manager's philosophy. Oh. You you don't have to get worse before you get better. <laughs> that's, you just, that's a good you answer. You just got to get better. And these next ten weeks give us that opportunity to do that. Hey, quick one on Joe Walt. What what position did his father play? No idea. It was a tackle. It was a left tackle, Paul. Yeah. Mm. I think the boy's been brought up to be a left tackle. Oh, I don't think there's I, any doubt I about fool. that. I, I'm, I wouldn't I'm, fool. I wouldn't fool with trying to switch Joe Walt. I agree with you, which is well, why I would be very leery if you're the Giants. Oh, yeah. You're not moving Thomas. Yeah, so yeah. if you right. take Alt, then right. you're basically you saying careful. he's going to be a right yeah. tackle. I, yeah. I don't, yeah. I, I'm a little sketchy on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he, I, I think he's going to be a terrific player. Uh, Howard, we, before I drafted him, though, I would, I would look very closely at the Louisville tape, and the Duke tape from last year. Mm-hmm. He had a tough time. Yeah, he did. He, he, Both those games. He, he Both had, those games. Got, he had a tough time. He's going to be a good football player. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Paul. You know, to get better, to start getting better. Yeah. And by I'm, the way, use it. Yeah, the, the only ahead, pimple, the only pimple on your initial statement, is that the salary cap forces you to get rid of talented players that you would otherwise want to continue your building oh with. Mm-hmm. Okay? So 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 to be frank, I think yeah. you you have a nirvana kind of philosophy there that's yeah, just well, not possible in reality. Well, yeah, all right, all right, all right. But I, I, I also know uh, going into this year, in, into the next 10 weeks, uh, that the replacement for Barkley and the replacement for McKinney and to some extent the replacement for Adoree Jackson at cornerback are not, are not on this roster. They're, they're not there. Uh, if, if, if one, I think, I, I think we get worse. We don't get better. We get worse. We'll, we'll see. Um, yes, 
Yes, yes, for sure. And I'm, that's why I'm hoping that at least two of those three guys remain on the, uh, you know, on the Giants. You don't, you're not um, high on Dane Belton. I mean, it's possible well, he is your it, other starting it, safety well, this you. year. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to comment on Belton. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad he's on our team, okay? I think he plays a specific role. If you play a three-safety look, guys, Belton can play and, and do his thing. If you ask Belton to cover anybody, you're in trouble. Hmm. You're in trouble. He can't cover. Well, last year at the end of the year, he, he, he did okay because he, he was forced into he, action. One-on-one, Howard. He's, he's not that guy. Okay. I'm glad he's on the team because we can play him in a three-safety look. I, I don't see him as McKinney's replacement. McKinney's kind of a pro bowler, though. It's kind of hard well, to say. Well, I, I, well you, you, yeah. you know, you're going to get worse if McKinney, <laughs> if yeah. McKinney isn't on the, I, McKinney, I will. I will oh. give you two things to chew on before yes. you make your final decision on this. Mm-hmm. Number one, Belton okay. always seems to be around the ball. Mm-hmm. Yes. He seems to make big plays and, yes. and does seem to turn the tide for the defense when right. he's on the field. Keep that in mind. So he oh, may yeah. be more impactful than you think. Well, well, well I, I, that's number one. one should, well, that's number I, one. Let me give you number two. Let me give you number two. Let me give you number two. Number two, Javarius Owens was a safety yes. drafted on the third day last year who never really got on the field this past season. He was basically a redshirt safety. They yep. really like his tools an awful lot. Don't sleep on him. Okay, can, can I respond, Paul? To the, Go right ahead. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me respond to the Belton one. I didn't say I didn't want Belton on the team. Uh-uh. I just want to say how you use Belton is important. Yes, he did that, but I'd like to know. Understood. He does make I, plays, I'd though. like to know what kind of defense they were in when he made those interceptions. And my guess is they were in a three-safety look. No, I think, I and, think the safety I, was out. I think, uh, what you call it, he hurt, yeah. hurt his knee already. Yes, he had it. Yeah, Remember, yeah, Pinnock and, missed a yeah, little bit of time. That, that's when Pinnock, yeah, yeah. When, he, he, when, Pinnock, when Pinnock went out of the game, there was only two safeties in the game at that point. He, yeah, good, 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 Howard. And he, let, me say, let, me, let me add this, a positive about Belton. He, he really played. He surprised me in that last game against the Eagles. Mm-hmm. He really played well. Yeah, <laughs> he, he really did play well. I mean, it was, yeah, you know, no question. Uh, Paul, with with regard to your numbers, you know the fifty five percent out of the f- first ten picks since two thousand. What what we need for the next three or four years is three or four fifty five percenters, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> hey, great! We need three or four in a row. We need three or four in a row because what we what we really need on this team, and this is a generalization, Howard, but. I, I I hope you can work with me with this. Okay. We 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 need stars on this team. We need stars. I, let's 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 look at the 49ers for just a second, and I'll do this real quick. I'll do this real quick. You can afford to have Feliciano at right guard, and Brenly at center, when you've got McCaffrey, Kittle, Tebow Samuels, and Trent Williams on your offense, mm-hmm. and and Purdy at quarterback. You you can you can afford those kinds of offensive line. I mean, they are marginal NFL starters. But when you got stars, when you surround them with guys like Debo and McCaffrey, you you, you got to have stars. Mm-hmm. You got to have people who go to the Pro Bowl. I mean, we got Dexter. God bless him. Love him. Thank God. 
all the rest. But man, we got we got to and 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 McKinney is emerging toward that point. I think he's he's about to explode. Um, you know, this, it's such a drop off if Barkley's not on this team. And Paul, as you said last week, if you're not going to pay, what, what are you not going to pay? I'm, I'm just going to make up a number. You, you, you what? You're not going to pay eleven. Um, just say 11 X. Million? Just say X. It doesn't matter what the number is. X. Just okay, say X. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not going to pay Barkley eleven million. You, you're going to go pay Pollard nine million. Or Josh Jacobs? No, it, it doesn't I, make I, I sense. I mean, it doesn't make any, it doesn't doesn't make make any sense. sense. It, it doesn't make sense. Hey, listen, thanks for taking my call. Let's have a big next 10 weeks, John. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Thanks, Len. Anything you wanted to add? I, I just think that, you know, it, you don't get Pro Bowls every time you draft. I, 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 I appreciate guys wanting everybody to be a Pro Bowl, everybody to be a star. Uh, I think that, you know, having a Christian McCaffrey – is he eliminates a lot of plays, you know, for players. I think having a Debo Samuels eliminates a lot of plays for players. You know, Debo's running balls out of the backfield. He's catching catching five-yard routes and running over two DBs in a safety before you get him down. Like, it, it's just you, you got to have big, strong guys that are going to do things in certain positions. When you get in drafts, like, you, like the Giants have an opportunity this time, this, this early in the draft, it could be anybody. I know we've we've talked about Joe Law. It could be one of the one of the top three quarterbacks could could fall to the Giants if if you know if something goes on. Like it could be like it could literally be anybody. One one of the top receivers will probably be there uh, yeah. in the draft. Like there's going to be so many guys like that look like they're all of them look they can't can't miss guys. They just got to get here and, and perform. They got to figure out a way to get it done. You know, in reference to the offensive line, Len, just to to cap off your conversation. The bottom line, and I remember Parcells taught me this long ago, and heck, you were coached by Coach Parcells. Mm -hmm. Coach Parcells used to say, you know, in terms of you're only as strong as your weakest link, especially in the offensive line. That's where it really comes to play more than any other position. And the idea is that you don't want to have an Achilles heel on the line that's going to force you to abandon parts of your playbook because he's just not functional enough. He's just not good enough where you know we can't do X, Y, and Z because that guy can't block it. Hmm. That's where it becomes a problem. You need five guys up front that are good enough to run anything in your playbook. (laughs) That's the point. Because once you start throwing chapters out of your playbook, you're at a disadvantage. I'll say it like this. I, I tell people all last year, all during the season, I'm like if you got four flat tires, you, you're not you're not gonna be able to run the ball, throw the ball. That's it. That's for so sure. I, I think when it comes down to offense, we had a busted transmission <laughs> last year too. <laughs> when I think when it comes down to offense alignment, the the most important thing is is first off availability. They got to be healthy, right? Once they're healthy and you know you can count on them being healthy, then you can teach them to do things. Then you get it. Like I, I knew last year when the season started, we were in preseason. We were watching. We were, t- we were talking about asking coaches, like you know, position by position. And he's like, "Well, we're going to try to figure out which of these three guards are going to be our, you know, our two starters." When he said that, I was like, "Oh no!" Then like I'm like, I got nervous. I'm like, "This is not good." So this year, we're hoping that you know, watching everything, you you start to see some guys like you know, pick their heads up. Th- these are the guys you're going to be. You, you know, you got a left tackle. You know, you got a center. Do you know you have a left guard and a right guard? That's going to be the question. Do you know you have a right tackle? I mean, Evan Neal wants to be the right tackle, but you know he's going to have to like really, you know, step his game up. Injuries or no injuries, he knows he's got to come around and and do a little bit more to, than what he was doing last year. He had some decent games last year when he was healthy. When he wasn't healthy, it it's just it's a tough. I, you know, I can't. You know, you're out there. 
if you're if you're healthy enough to be on the field, you got to still fight, and, and you got to figure out a way to, to make it happen. So he's going to have a lot to you know prove this offseason for himself. He he wants to do more. I'm sure he he'll do whatever it takes to be on the field. But as far as the the line goes, like I said, this is a this is a draft that there are incredible linemen, probably in the first four rounds. So just keep your eye out for them. There are going to be a lot of guys that are going to be. Oh, I thought he's going to be a first rounder. You'll be able to give him the second round. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with these guys. We go back to the phones. Jerome in Charlotte. You're next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hey guys, I love the show. Always Thank you. Good listener. Um, um, I like to talk about the offense for a quick minute, and um, I don't. I think we need to. If we can get a quality quarterback that can, we all have a quarterback to lead us to Super Bowl on our team right now. And I think we need to grab one um, whenever we can, either in the first round or the second round. And we need a number one receiver. Mm. Whichever order we, we they choose, you know, first or second, you know, whichever. But that's what we need. And I'm glad I have y'all um, – Two veterans. I have. Um, I'm a truck driver. My company is based in um, right outside of Dallas, Texas. So I get in a lot of cowboys uh, <laughs> today. Yep. And I told them that if Lawrence, if they did pressures and um, hit, uh, what's the other word they use? Uh, Stunts and blitzes against quarterbacks. Yep. Oh, it's sacks, it's pressures, and it's and it's uh, and it's quarterback hits. Actually, it's it's yeah, yeah it's hurries, it's pressure, it's, it's hurries, hits, and sacks all combined equal pressures. That's mm-hmm. that's the uh, number you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Right, and I told them um, when I was um, where I called the yard, you know, where our company is based at, that if they did that on. If they were marking that back in Lawrence Taylor Day, Michael Parson would never be equal to Lawrence Taylor because Lawrence Taylor numbers will be so high that nobody can even be compared to him. Well, listen, I like Michael Parsons. I think he's a, a really good player, and I, 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 I think he's exciting. He reminds me probably – Everybody keeps saying Lawrence Taylor, but he's more like a Jesse Armstead type. Same body type, same size, same kind of quickness. He's not Lawrence Taylor's size. Like, he's not a Carl Banks size. We're talking guys that are 6'4", 6'5", 250, 260. It's just just different. I know people like to say bigger, faster, stronger now. It's not really true. The guys were a lot bigger back when when I played. They were a lot faster when I played. And you were able to hit people without <laughs> without consequence. So you mean they didn't play flag football? <laughs> so you know, like Michael Parsons. I was talking to to a Hall of Famer the other day that that in my mind Michael Parsons kind of reminds me of Ronnie Lott. Michael Parsons is almost a safety. That's how small he is, and Ronnie Lott is a big dude like it's just it's just different so when people are talking about how great he is if you put a big guy in front of him and just tell him hey just block him just go right at him he has a hard time because he, he the, the the physical size of another person can overwhelm him and you saw that when he played against i think the niners and a couple teams that's they got they got overwhelmed 
They overwhelmed him in the in the uh, in the Green Bay game. Big guy in front of him, leaning on him. That it, it, he doesn't look the same. He looks the same when he's in space. He looks the same when he's quote unquote maybe that weak side linebacker in the bubble over there, hidden so you can't really get to him. But if he's on the line of scrimmage, it's not the same thing. That's that's the difference between a Lawrence Taylor and linebackers of the day. You talking? Lawrence could beat a triple team. We're talking that Lawrence was a was a stand up defensive end basically yes. is what he was. It's yes. like and, and that that's hard to play against and people don't realize when they're looking at. Him. I'm a big guy, so I like I got to see him every day in practice. You don't realize what you're looking at when you see guys that that big moving that fast and don't really care. Like he like he would go to practice and I used to tell people all the time he used to wear a scuba suit in the sun. <laughs> In my mind, I'm like, this dude is crazy. How about sandals? <laughs> scuba suit. He would he'd be in a scuba like dive suit, like cut off at the knees. Yep. He's every year I'm like, why are you wearing a dive suit? Get in shape. I'm like, what kind of shape you trying to get in? Like it was crazy. He was born that Man, that was really it was wild. Was. So when people talk about, you know, I love Michael Parsons. I love like listening to him talk and everything. Not the same kind of person. Not LT. Sorry. But like you can you can name a ton of linebackers out of history that he's not like. <laughs> Just not like him. Well, that's what I, I, I you know, I, I had to deal with when I, uh, you know, around uh, my, my company's yard in Texas, outside of Dallas. And, oh, Michael Parson, he, he's going to be better. I like that. He could never be as good as Lawrence Taylor. And he will never be close to Lawrence Taylor if they – Go back and judge. Look at his hits and pressures against quarterbacks. He changed the defense. Absolutely, every, Joe. Every, every team to this very day is looking for the next Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, they still haven't found him. No. <laughs> Thank you, Jerome. That's pretty funny. Be, be well. Uh, you know, the, the only two guys in their prime who could even come onto the same planet as Lawrence Taylor for me, Andre Tippett and Ricky Jackson. Tip. And, and they weren't even LT, but they could at least be on the planet. Tippett, Pat Swillen. Pat Swillen was an LT-type guy. More of a pass rusher than a run defender. Yeah, but like, you know, Tippett was like a monster. He was, he was, he was a as huge. a pure pass rusher, he was yeah, incredible. But he was a huge dude, though. Like, people yeah. don't, like, you, another Tippett's guy. from Newark, by the way. Yeah, no, guy. another massive human being that was playing out there that should have had his hand in the dirt. But he didn't. Yep. Real, real quick, I just want to say this before we go because we're running late. Um, in the last 10 years, outside of Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, the only other quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl are Nick Foles, Peyton Manning, and Matthew Stafford. Wow. So let, let's be real careful about, oh, do we have a quarterback who can win a Super Bowl? Uh, that question is in a bubble. There are very few quarterbacks who have won one, especially in the last, you know, recent times. It's not about... You know, oh, you gotta have one of those because if you know what, if you want to say you gotta have one of those, basically there are 31 teams who don't have one. It, Mahomes is on Kansas City and he doesn't play for anybody else. Uh, so if you want to ask that question, you might as well just not play. No, no, it, it's more than that. I think I think the the thing we talked about mostly is the reason. Like, uh, if you don't have a good offensive line, nothing there you happens. go, nothing happens. That's the reason. You know, and if you you got to figure out a way to 
to restructure, rebuild that offensive line as quickly as possible. And and you can see the difference. You can see how Brock Purdy, he, when he's no pressure or anything, he looks like this guy's man, he's really good. He's super talented. And all of a sudden, Chris Jones is touching him on his cheek. He's like, okay, we're not going to throw the ball over there anymore because you just need an offensive line. If you, if you have a good offensive line, Everybody else looks good. Run game, passing game, everything looks good. Quarterback looks great. Always starts in the trenches yeah, hard. Always. Uh, at Howard Cross 87, at Giants WFAN, that'll do it for today's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Thank you so much for joining us. We are here live every weekday from 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time until 1.30 for one hour of Giants football. Uh, once again, you can catch an archive of this show on the uh, Giants podcast networks uh, as well as Giants.com slash podcasts. This has been Big Blue Kickoff Live, presented by Cadillac, the official luxury vehicle of the New York Giants. We'll see you next time. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.